Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey there, welcome back to Yolitics. Uh, this is a first for me because we had a little rain last night and uh, I'm without electricity. Took a cold You're without shower. electricity? I have no electricity. Wow. I, I mean, you know, our, our listener can't, can't see this, but huh. um, I have about half of a, a battery left on my laptop. I don't know how much <laughs> is on my light for you to see me. You don't need to see me, but we're, I'm going to go as long as I can. So if I drop off, you guys okay. continue the conversation here. So you got half a battery. That should be about three of my questions. So um, three. Yeah, I'll make them good. Uh, yeah, those are three short questions. <laughs> about about one and a half of your questions. <laughs> I hope our guests can even get you know get a word in on this. So what are you having today? It's a great man. Uh, I am having one that I picked just for you. It's a honey citrus blonde from uh, Community Beer. Um, that's in Dallas, correct? Community. It am is. I, yes. Okay. Uh, and I picked it just because it had citrus, just for you. Do you buy anything you like besides it. like fruit and, and I don't fruit know. beers? <laughs> Maybe I consider this a, a serving of fruit, you know? And you had chocolate beer uh, a few episodes back. I did. That one was a bit much. S'mores beer, yeah. I S'mores. Mean, that, that, was, that was a one time, I'm going to try this, and then immediately after I was like, gosh, no, no, no more of that. All right, I'm having a, a Texas Blonde. It's an Imperial Pineapple. Dude, this is like one well, of your beers. Did you give me who, this beer? Look who else is doing it. I did actually give you that did beer. Did you really? Has it been yes. in my fridge for like five months? <laughs> that is great. <laughs> this, is from, this is from Wild Acre Brewery in, uh, in Fort Worth. I'm and trying to get you to have some of these fruit beers, too. Dude, hey, this I just, honey I Citrus just, Blonde should be Citrus Honey Blonde. It's very citrusy, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. So this is uh, 7.5% alcohol. Oh, my. Okay. Might be a good podcast to uh, we'll see, listen yeah. all the way through on right here. We'll see who lasts longer, the half battery or you uh, in this one at seven and a half percent there. Woo. All right. Um, and I, I'd like to bring in uh, real quickly, if we could here, our guest today, who I think is going to have one with us. His name is David Wheaton. He is the advocacy director for Texas Housers. David, are you I, I thought I saw you bring something in there. Do you have something? Yeah, I've got, I didn't know that y'all were, you know, this, that was, this was the uh, part of the show, but uh, I was, I cracked open a, a Stiegel Rattler. Oh. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Going a little fancy. I didn't know, we, I could have got a Texas beer or something like that. No, that's, that's nice. Uh, wow. You're putting us in high rent today. We're, sorry, uh, sorry, okay, sorry. we need to, st- <laughs> we, we definitely need to step up our game. Wait, is that, um, is that like a grapefruit beer? Is that what I saw in there? Yeah, that's like the grapefruit, like, uh, yeah. It's so we like got grapefruit. You are, beer. you are my man, David. We, you're my man. <laughs> Just immediately bringing, immediately bringing a fruity beer to the podcast. There you go. We're going to lose go. listeners with all these like food and fruit. <laughs> beers i mean dude i hope somebody still listens to this like it's summer it's almost you know, summer you know it's lighter it's, it's more summer, refreshing summertime, back summertime. back me up here david i got you yep it's summertime <laughs> I mean, fresh, fresh i'm losing my rep here on this thing but let, let, let's get to the podcast uh today david david is with texas housers as jason just mentioned he's in austin uh prior to that you were a staff attorney uh, for an organization that uh, would handle the uh appeals for death row inmates in louisiana but now, as we mentioned, you work in Austin for Texas Housers. Um, it, it's an organization that, that really helps. I'm going to go high level on this, that, that helps lower income Texans live in decent homes. And I think everyone wants everyone to at least have a decent place to call home. 
I think a lot of our listeners might be surprised that there are many Texans who don't just having covered hurricanes like uh, Wheeler has as well, too. And what Texas Housers also does is monitors disaster recovery, the federal funds that the uh, that, that Congress appropriates and hands on down to the state. So we are having you in here after we've been watching the Houston Chronicle and now the Texas Tribune do a number of stories about how federal aid from Hurricane Harvey is being handed out in Texas. And I want to take you guys back to the beginning here because Texas Housers, I think it was your boss, John Hindenburger, David, mm-hmm. who, who originally filed the complaint that launched a federal investigation into how these federal dollars were being spent here in Texas. How did you guys find out something was wrong? Yeah, so it was really just, you know, listening to activists and people on the ground in Houston. Um, so, you know, just, you know, originally to kind of back it up and kind of go a little bit high level, uh, the funds we're dealing with are called CDBG mitigation funds. Uh, so this is actually the first time ever Congress has ever done something like this, and that was to give a region a set of funds to try to mitigate for the next natural disaster. So we know that Texas and the Gulf Coast, you know, gets hit, you know, from going back to Dolly and Ike to Rita and now Harvey, uh, that, you know, that region, you know, is prone to to hurricane damage. And so what they wanted to do is allocate and they allocated four point three billion dollars to the Gulf Coast region to try to do some mitigation, uh, to try to build up the mitigation for flood infrastructure and stormwater infrastructure so that homes aren't as damaged as much as they were uh, when if a next when the next hurricane kind of comes across. OK, so, David, when somebody hears that just on the surface, you hear that, you know, the federal government has set aside money for mitigation for future storms. When we think of storms, when we think of hurricanes, when we think of all that damage, when we think of Hurricane Harvey in particular, we think the coast. And if you look at even the Texas Department of Insurance, where were the claims filed? The coast lights up like a Christmas tree and stuff inland from the coast, not really. So kind of explain here what led you all to file this complaint because that's the coast is not where we saw the money going once it got distributed through the state. Yeah, you're you're definitely right there. Um, And so what happened was is that we heard, you know, when the GLO uh, did their, uh, that's the general land office, when they did their first kind of allocation of funds, uh, you know, activists and other people on the ground sounded the alarm and, and, you know, called us and said, hey, Houston didn't get any money, zero dollars, right? The hardest hit area of during Hurricane Harvey didn't get zero dollars of this mitigation of funds. Harris County didn't get zero dollars in the initial allocation. Port Arthur didn't get zero dollars. Beaumont got zero dollars. Corpus Christi, Nueces County, all these places, uh, like you said, that lit up when you talk about insurance claims and FEMA claims. All those places got zero dollars when it came to mitigation funds. And we saw that a lot of places that were more inland got a lot of, of funds um, to do projects that really weren't mitigation. One of the projects that we saw got funded uh, was in, in one town to build a roadway between a uh, Home Depot and a Walmart. Uh, and so, you know, instead of going to flood infrastructure and badly needed neighborhoods, especially in the Fifth Ward and Sunnyside and Acres Homes in, in Houston and other areas in the Southeast Texas, we saw go to kind of 
inland projects um, and, and other communities that weren't hard that weren't um, hit as hard during during you know other natural disasters. So that's when we filed a complaint uh, with with HUD on that who administers the federal funds. And, and so let, let's follow the, the money here for a moment too, David. So you mentioned that Congress approved four point three billion dollars to give to Texas, but how this works because Congress just doesn't write a check and, and hand it to Texas. The money first goes to HUD, uh, Housing and Urban Development. HUD gives mm-hmm. the money to the Texas General Land Office, the GLO, as you mentioned. And for our listeners who might not know, the General Land Office is, uh, for the time being, uh, run and chiefed by George P. Bush, who was also on the ballot recently running as a Republican for Texas Attorney General. He lost out to Ken Paxton. But Bush is still in charge right now of the Texas General Land Office. So the GLO had to say, okay, hey, we're happy to pass this out, feds, but uh, this is the plan we were thinking about on how to give it out. HUD, the feds, looked at Texas's plan and said, yeah, yeah, looks good. You guys can create a competition among cities and counties, but you have to give at least half of the money to those hard-hit areas, to the Port Arthurs, the Beaumonts, the uh, you know Galveston, Houston, those places, Harris County, they got hit. HUD signed off on this, but my understanding is Texas decided to expand the list of counties kind of inland, away from the coast, that it wanted to be eligible for the funding. Here's my question on this. Why can't HUD say, no, you can't do that. Don't spend the money up there because those folks in less populated areas are not as prone to uh, inland flooding and wind damage, et cetera, that a hurricane might bring to the coastal areas. I mean, that's one of our prime arguments uh, with HUD right now. So, yeah, you know, you're definitely right. HUD did approve approve that that, that plan. Uh, but one of the things that we saw, and you got it right, HUD said you had to spend at least 50 percent in these kind of what they called HUD counties. Um, but it didn't say that they had to stop there, right? The GLO could have provided more funding for those hardest hit areas. What the GLO did was they said, okay, you said at least 50%, and that's all we're going to give to these hardest hit areas. We're going to give the other 50% to more inland, more rural areas, more affluent areas. Um, and so that was one of our main calling cards to HUD is to say, hey, we want you to stop this amendment plan. We want you to stop this plan because one, not only does it discriminate against Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, it also just goes against why these funds were appropriated by Congress. Well, right? What to, did HUD say when, when you guys complained? So, uh, you know, HUD has done two things, right? So HUD, um, you know, during our complaint process, HUD investigated our complaint and HUD found that the GLO did discriminate on the basis of race and national origin. Um, and so HUD submit, uh, put that, that letter of finding out. Um, right now, our, what we're asking HUD to do and pushing HUD to do is stopping the money, stopping those funds from going out so that we can, again, GLO can address the discrimination and uh, devise a new plan that is more uh, equitable uh, as far as how many people were actually injured in the disaster that actually occurred in those regions and making sure that funding is equitable to actually what happened during Hurricane Harvey. And that's kind of a last ditch effort, isn't it? Because you're in the business of trying to help people uh, who are struggling still after Hurricane Harvey, and here you are turning around to the federal government as an organization and saying, hey, stop the funding entirely, cut off all the funding. Uh, it's being so misspent. 
that we're just going to ask you to stop it entirely and and come up with a new blueprint. Yeah, and, and it, it our big thing and our concern is also just the discrimination aspect of this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when it went more, you know, inland um, and in more rural. Uh, you, you're taking out a lot of the population that was really affected. A lot of black and brown people in, in, in the Gulf Coast region were really, really affected terribly and poorly uh, by Hurricane Harvey. And so, you you know, we want them to stop the discrimination first and, and then say, oh, yeah, we want a new plan, a plan that actually addresses, uh, you know, the, the need that is there, but in an equitable way and uh, in, in a way that doesn't promote discrimination of what the GLO has, has been doing. Hey, just to put a finer point on that, you know, the Texas Tribune has gone to great lengths to point out that, you know, uh, George P. Bush and the land office there opened this up to, to places that were whiter, more conservative, that were more likely to have uh, voted for President Trump, uh, former President Trump. Um, you talk about the politics in something like this, and, and then the general land office comes out and accuses the federal government of playing politics with this. This has gotten really muddy politically. Yeah, it has. It, it, and it shouldn't because we're dealing with numbers and numbers aren't political, right? And, and that's what HUD said in their letter of finding is that this isn't a political game. Uh, the numbers show that you discriminated on the basis of race. Um, there was a certain amount of eligible African-American population they were very, very much underserved and they overpromoted the white population in the area. So, you know, the numbers don't lie in that aspect. And so we were very, very disheartened when the GLO uh, came out with that statement saying that HUD was playing politics, because from our vantage point, we're, we're a non-political organization. We just look at the numbers. And from the numbers, that's why we filed the complaint, because we saw that there was rampant discrimination uh, in their administration of these federal funds. Um, and so we're, we, you know, we're happy that the that HUD issued that letter of finding, but that's just the first step. We need HUD to, to continue that next step and, and enforce their letter of finding. And, and we would want them to kind of cut off all funding because we don't have faith right now in the GLO to get their plan right. We want them to come together to the table with us, other community stakeholders and HUD to create a new plan uh, that addresses the needs of the people of the Gulf Coast region. Hey, David, do you know who Zach? Despart is. I'm probably mispronouncing his name. How do you pronounce his last name? I think it's Despart. I think it's Despart. Well, yeah, we've had plenty of conversations uh, dealing with his stories. Yeah. Yeah. So for our listeners who haven't followed this as closely, uh, obviously, as Texas Housers and David has, Zach Despart, and forgive me, I didn't take French in uh, in high school or college, um, but Zach used to work for the Houston Chronicle. He now works for the Texas Tribune. He's been on this story for, for a while now and has done some excellent reporting on this. One of his most recent stories uh, talks about how Milam County, which I had to look up where Milam County is. It's on the other side of uh, College Station, um, between uh, College Station probably in Brenham. Um, but Milam County asked for $27 million of this funding from the General Land Office. And as Zach reports, the General Land Office, run by George P. Bush, decided to give Milam County $31 million. You talked about extending a road between a Walmart and a Home Depot. What else are these rural counties doing with this money that was intended for disaster relief and disaster preparedness? I mean, we saw some reports of, you know, some uh, municipalities uh, building community centers. And, and, and while that is all good uh, and, and while the, there may be a need for that road between that Home Depot and Walmart, our point is that these funds were appropriated for a specific reason, and that's to provide 
critical mitigation needs for uh, communities that need it. And, and we're also talking about communities that have been disinvested in the past, right? So uh, communities that don't already have that flood infrastructure that other communities uh, have. So Houston is a great example of this. There are some communities in Houston that have great flood infrastructure, have great, great stormwater infrastructure. And there are some communities in Houston that just have terrible, they have open dish drainage. They don't have, you know, it floods continuously. It always floods. We know those areas. Uh, and that money was really, hopefully, we really hoped we spent on those communities that have been divested from in the past. Uh, this historical investment can go to those communities so that they can build up their infrastructure. And that would actually save lives if and when the next hurricane happens. But yeah, we saw community centers being built. We saw different roads being built. Uh, we saw you know people spending money on you know EMS and police forces, uh, things that had nothing to do uh, with mitigation damage. And so we were really, really sad to see some of those projects that did get funded. Uh, but we were, we're also just, again, that's one of the reasons why we're, we're hoping that HUD stops this and, and we can funnel some of those monies, money to uh, those uh, people who need the critical infrastructure. So we've had a lot of people who've moved to Texas in the past, you know, couple of years. Maybe you weren't around uh, when Hurricane Harvey hit. That was back in 2017. Um, there were more than 300,000 homes that were damaged by that storm. It was a tremendous storm, $125 billion in total damages, second only to Hurricane Katrina, Katrina. as far as the costliest disasters in this country's history. Uh, so we're talking about a massive event here. Uh, and, and, you know, David, as you say, money going uh, to some counties now, uh, you know, as chosen by the land office, money going to some counties that didn't have any damage reported home wise. And you mentioned Fifth Ward a few minutes ago there in, in Houston. And uh, it just so turns out that many moons ago, uh, I used to deliver bread in Fifth Ward. <laughs> Um, what? And there are what? there are some I did. You, you delivered I was all bread? over Houston. Yeah, Mrs. Baird's baby. You drove um, one of those trucks, those bread trucks, and delivered bread. Yes, one of those big rectangular bread trucks with uh, fried pies and bread on it. Yeah, wow. that was me. How uh, old were you? How old were you driving that? Uh, I was just a note. kid, um, 18, 19 years old. All right, get back to it. You learn something about you every day, man. Go ahead. So um, it, it, it's it's such a, a strong community. There are bright spots there, but, you know, I, I was there all the time, and it there's a lot, a lot of struggle in, in Fifth Ward okay. and in so many other places uh, after Hurricane Harvey. Can you kind of tell us here what the end effect is for people in the fifth ward who didn't get that help for people in other areas around houston in particular uh or you know beaumont Par port arthur uh, corpus christi who didn't get that money i mean we're five years on now but that doesn't mean that the struggle has ended the struggle has definitely not ended and these these people in these communities are now again more vulnerable uh, this this mitigation money was was supposed to help these communities that, again, you know, have been just disinvested from uh, in the past due to, you know, things outside of their their um, their control. And uh, they really wanted this in this investment. Uh, they were looking forward to this investment. Uh, you know, Congress appropriated this and the GLO sat on the money. They, they created a plan uh, really without the community input. Um, but. 
communities were looking out for this money, saying this is going to be our historical investment to save our families, to save our homes, to save our businesses, to save our livelihoods. Uh, and then when they got zero dollars, uh, they, you know, communities went, went crazy. Activists went crazy because, you know, this was supposed to be a historical investment for them. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like the GLO kind of ripped their, their heart out and ripped the plug from them because now they're sitting there still with nothing. We're about to go into hur- another hurricane season and there's no mitigation funds. And there's still tons of open drainage in third ward and fifth ward uh, in, in the northeast uh, the northeast area of the city of Houston and Port Arthur and Beaumont. Sorry, go ahead, Jason. I used to deliver bread in third ward too. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, if you can hear, though, I mean, these people were made vulnerable, not just by Hurricane Harvey. A lot of these people were vulnerable even before Hurricane Harvey came along. There was struggle there to begin with. uh, And this just made it that much worse. You know, you look at the state, the state says 765,000 insurance claims were filed just from Hurricane Harvey. 765,000 insurance claims. And of those, more than 300,000 were closed with no payment. So a lot of people who had insurance didn't get payment. And David, you know as well as we do that there were a lot of people who didn't have insurance. And those are the people we're talking about here. Yeah, those are the people we're talking about who didn't have insurance. And also, you know, a lot of people... Uh, you know, who, you know, were renting and, you know, they lost their where they stayed, their apartment was flooded and their apartment was damaged and all their livelihoods were in those homes and in those apartments. Um, and, and, and they, you know, when you talk to the people on the ground, you really get to hear the struggle uh, that they're going through. Um, but, you know, for a lot of these, you know, activists, especially and a lot of these people in the community, they had real hope in the GLO that they were going to do the right thing uh, that, you know, again, this, this, these mitigation funds, this is the first time Congress has ever done anything like this. They didn't do this during Katrina. They didn't do this during sand, uh, Hurricane Sandy. This is the first time they've ever given something like mitigation funds to mm-hmm. say, we're going to give you billions of dollars to mitigate, to, to, to stop, to stop the damage. And, you know, what we've seen in that money is just it, it has not been used in the right way to, to help mitigate the right communities um, and the communities that need it the most. So George P. Bush is the outgoing uh, land commissioner, as we mentioned a little earlier in the podcast here. Now that he has lost his run for attorney general on the Republican side, do you think that he might change any of this, that uh, he doesn't have anything he's campaigning for and that he might, you know, do the right thing? You know, we, we're really, really hoping that he does the right thing um, and, and comes to the table and, and wants to, you know, negotiate a better plan with the community, with, you know, with HUD and with other stakeholders at the table. Um, you know, that's 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 our hope. Uh, we don't get our you know, we don't hold our breaths, but it is our hope that our elected officials uh, will do the right thing. Um, and, and, and David, you it, mentioned negotiating because I've noticed on, on the Twitter uh page for you guys for texas housers that there was a countdown uh, a while back for you know yeah. the glo has x number of days to negotiate with us so that deadline i believe has passed um what was it a binding deadline did they have to do something so uh the way the the federal government uh sent in their letter of finding because they found uh that the GLO did discriminate on the basis of race and violated title six of the 1964 Civil Rights Act uh the GLO kind of has now two options they can 
within the 10 days that we had our, our, our countdown, uh, they could come to, to the HUD or come to us and say, we want to start the process of negotiating what we would uh, they call it a VCA, a voluntary compliance agreement. Uh, and that would be with HUD, uh, with Texas Houses and Northeast Action Collective, which is a, a Houston-based advocacy group that we filed this complaint with. We would come to the table uh, and try to figure out a resolution to uh, the discrimination. Uh, and that's something that we, you know, we are willing to negotiate in good faith and come to the table to. Uh, unfortunately, we were not reached out to by the GLO. So that means that HUD now has, uh, there's kind of two things that can happen. HUD can get the DOJ involved and the DOJ, Department of Justice could then now sue uh, the general land office in court or the, the GLO can sue HUD um, in, in court uh, over their letter of finding. So it, unfortunately that means that it won't, you know, Lawsuits will go on for a very, very long time, but the people who need the mitigation funding now won't get it right now. And so that's why we were imploring GLO to come to the table, because this could have been solved without a legal lawsuit, yeah. without DOJ getting involved, without more government getting involved with just, you know, simple folks, uh, you know, on both sides who, who want to do the right thing could come together and, and try to uh, negotiate something. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And, and well, David, to consider point, it, to point out in, in Zach's article real quick, Jason, Zach's article uh, mentioned that they reached out to the general land office and to George P. Bush, and he did not respond um, to them. So for what that's worth, uh, hmm. he is uh, going to respond in court if they decide to go that way. We, we shall wait and see. Um, Considering, though, how George P. Bush and the land office have handled this, though, David, uh, Houston and Harris County have both, you know, essentially said, hey, federal government, uh, how about we cut out the middleman next time and you just put the money straight into my hand because uh, this isn't working to have the state distribute this. It's becoming politicized and and it's going through the wrong channel here. Uh, Does this undercut the notion that it is effective to distribute federal money through the state is is it are we going to see that you know in the future the federal government just has to give the money directly you know that's a that's a great question i think that that is something that you know we 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 ask ourselves our, part of our you know what we wanted is for direct allocations because we didn't think that the GLO could do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this is something that Texas Houses also has a history in. Um, you know we under Dolly and Ike um, filed a complaint against the GLO and, and they were found again to be violating Title Six uh, of the nineteen sixty four uh, Civil Rights Act. So this is something that the GLO has a history of before George P. Bush, and so it it does beg to differ, right? What does the federal government do going forward as far as with these big pots of money and direct allocations? You know, for us, for this specific pot of funding, we definitely want, you know, cities like Port Arthur, Beaumont, City of Houston, Nueces County, Harris County to get direct allocation of funds. One, because, you know, we see some of those communities really, you know, rallying around trying to get more funding. Um, and, and then also we just see the middleman in the GLO right now not doing the right thing consistently. And over the last decade, they just have not done the right thing when it comes to um, disaster mitigation funds or disaster recovery funds. Of course, giving the money directly to the local level, you know, that can be misspent just like any money can be, unfortunately, especially when you start talking about large, large pots of money. 
But those representatives, wouldn't they be closer to the people uh, who have elected them and have the chance to unelect them? Yeah, definitely. And and, and you saw that exactly with, uh, you know, one example I can give is, is the city of Houston, right? The city of Houston, when they apply for these mitigation grants, they applied in areas like Cashmere Gardens, Fifth Ward, Third Ward, places that flood a lot, right? They knew the areas where they wanted to target their mitigation funds. And they had really, really, in our opinion, good projects uh, that centered around, you know, building more stormwater infrastructure in Fifth Ward, building, you know, you know, getting rid of the open just drainage system in Northeast Houston, uh, where it's where, you know, and, you know, having it comparable to other places in Houston that don't have open dish drainage, that have good drainage system and don't flood as often. And so uh, you're, you're definitely right. City and county officials are definitely more at the concentrated level of, you know, having to deal with their constituents at an everyday level where the GLO, it seems, just doesn't want to get out into the community and ask about what is the right thing to do with these funds. Mm. Maybe Congress could have Wheeler drive around in a bread truck and, and get it directed <laughs> where it needs to go. Cash Whole different kind of bread truck, just handing out the yeah, money yeah. where yeah, it yeah. should go uh, because you can see big. it on the ground. Yeah. Hey, so so here we are five years since Hurricane Harvey. Uh, brand new hurricane season is uh, underway June 1st, obviously. Um, where do things stand right now? Are, are, are we waiting to, to, for a response from the GLO or are we waiting for a response from a HUD? Because um, people are probably getting nervous. I lived in Houston for eight years. Wheeler's from there. Every time June 1st to November 31st comes along, you get pretty antsy when it clouds up in the Gulf. Yeah, no, you you are exactly right. Um, so right now, where we are is we are we are waiting for uh, a response from the GLO um, to see what they are what they are going to do. They have not indicated whether they are going to come to the table and do a VCA or if they are going to um, uh, sue uh, HUD. Um, and then you know after. I guess a period of time goes goes by, then the onus will be on HUD to either get the DOJ involved or, in our opinion, what HUD should do immediately right now is just to stop the funding, stop the flow of money. And we think that right there will force the GLO to come to the table because well, then nobody well, would be getting any of the funds. Yeah, why, right? why, why, doesn't, then, why doesn't HUD just freeze the funding then, David? Uh, yeah, we, we are actively trying to get Secretary Fudge uh to to do that uh national civil rights groups uh are you getting any response from hud from the secretary we 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 are we are we are uh not getting we are right now we are getting a response from uh the fair housing team at hud we have not been able to get a, a full response from the secretary's office um uh, but yeah just just you know last week um or, or a while ago uh, na- uh, uh, you know, I would say seven or eight national organizations, um, including, you know, groups like the National Low Income Housing Coalition um, and, and others uh, signed a letter asking Secretary Fudge to halt these funds mm. um, because, you know, they see it also as, uh, you know, just really discriminatory what the state of Texas is doing. And the only way to get the GLO to come to the table would be to halt those funds. Uh, And so meantime, uh, a lot of the people you represent, um, they, you know, they may feel like they don't have a voice uh, and and you are the voice. Um, But really, they do have a voice, don't they? I mean, this is how you all came 
across this from people on the ground saying, hey, something's not right here. I was supposed to get some kind of help here and it's not coming. What what does this say going forward for, you know, I think a lot of people tend to sort of pull out of democracy and go, ah, it's all, you know, it, it's a rigged system. I'm on the losing end of it. I'm, I'm not going to get anywhere. What does this say for being able, though, to speak up and to get some kind of action? And, you know, maybe for people who are listening to this podcast who would think, you know, I w- I'd like to get involved with this and see if I can help this in some way. What does it say about the individual voice? Yeah, well, I mean, I think without individual voices, you know, we wouldn't be talking to you right now. This 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 plan could have gone under the radar if activists and people in the community within within the Gulf Coast didn't speak out uh, and, and say, hey, this is this is wrong. Uh, this has gotten not only the attention, you know, th- through that, that's gotten the attention of, you know, Representative Al Green, who's been very good on this issue. And he's been pushing HUD to do something about this. And he's been pushing uh, uh, for for a resolution on this and pushing the GLO to do the right thing. And so I, I think it, it it says that, you know, one, when you speak out and you speak up, you're going to come, you know, against some forces that may not want to do the right thing. But eventually, you know, the truth is being heard, right? HUD found that the GLO did discriminate on the basis of race. You know, we hope that the GLO comes to the table now, but eventually they're going to have to come to the table and, and, and answer for what they did uh, with, with, with these funds, you know, we hope it's before all the funds are, are gone. Uh, but, you know, eventually because of people speaking out, uh, GLO and this major state institution is going to have to either see their day in court or, you know, have to, you know, have some type of compliance agreement with the community. Um, and so I think it, it shows that, you know, anybody should be able to hopefully use their voice. Uh, but sometimes this process is long and drawn out, but just don't get don't get discouraged because, uh, you know, we're going to find resolution in this. And, and eventually somebody's going to we're hoping that somebody's going to do the right. Thing. And there's still a lot of money left to give out. Still a lot of money left to give out. Yes. Yeah. How, yeah. how much is left? Because four point three billion w- w- was set aside. Well, I think more than a billion was already spent. Was it more than that? How, how much was spent? How much is left? So unfortunately, because of the GLO practice, we don't know exactly how much money has been spent out, but we think there's somewhere in between one point eight two billion dollars left. And so that's it, it, that is that is what we are asking the uh, HUD to kind of stop that that those funds right there okay. um, that haven't been allocated, haven't been designated yet. Yeah, f- fingers crossed for a quiet hurricane season for uh, all of our listeners along the Gulf Coast, Very or, much, yeah. along yes. any coast that, that might have any uh, severe storms. Uh, as you take that last swig there, David, how was that grapefruit beer, man? It's pretty good, man. You, it's pretty good. You saw You're it. at the bottom of it, so it must have been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wheeler hasn't had his picked up for a few minutes here. I, I guess that uh, strawberry beer, that citrus beer, whatever he has. No, you know how it is. Every time it starts to warm just the slightest bit, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> hey, man, David, thanks so much. Um, we're going to keep following this. I'm, I'm curious to see what the General Land Office and uh, Commissioner Bush have to say as, as this thing moves forward since so much money is is left to be spent here too but david wheaton is uh, again uh, uh with the an app the advocacy director rather with uh, texas housers thanks so much for being here we really appreciate it all right thanks jason thanks jason y'all have a great one thank, thank y'all you so david much for having me.